Hi, this is Gary Washburn, pastor of Grace Tabernacle. Thank you for tuning to our podcast today. Our hope is that this message inspires you and builds your faith. For more information about Grace Tabernacle and our ministries, please go to gracetab.org and like us on Facebook. Now, may the message feed your soul. Hi back there. It, it would really be better if you came up front because uh, I'd like to make it more like a family. F- family, if you'd just come, come together. There, there's a whole first row here, and I'm not giving anything out like candy or... Way to go, sister. Come on, come on. We're not going to hurt you. Where have you guys been before you came here tonight? Home. Home? You were out in the world, weren't you, today? You didn't spend your whole time here in this sanctuary, did you? Okay. Now, some of you may have gotten up very early this morning, like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., and this Holy Spirit that we all believe in, he has odd hours that are not our body's hours sometimes. How many of you get up early in the morning when you get that nudge and you you can't go back to sleep? Do you then go to God and ask, what do you want? Or do you just turn over and go back to sleep? I need your word a little later. You gave a word on Monday in here, and it's supposed to be spoken here so that more know about it. Are you willing to share it? Okay. I'll leave that up with you and the Holy One. The Holy Spirit is the what of the Trinity. But why is he so ignored? What's wrong with the church today that they ignore the third person of the Trinity? Jesus isn't here. Where's Jesus right now? He's sitting physically, according to John's vision in Revelation, in the presence of God the Father Almighty. He's there. And who is he to us? He's our, he's a brother, our savior. He is our intercessor. And on Monday, I had the privilege of being in this room and they had an intercessory prayer meeting going on. I came in here just to get ready for tonight. And boy, did they uh, tend to me. I was blessed. I was blessed. I just want to encourage you, brother. Because of the time a certain nation is in, I really wish you would give that word. Would you be willing to give it right now? All right. Okay. I want you to really listen to this. He really doesn't need a mic, but... No, I don't need a mic. I don't think you need it. Are you taping it? Okay. Oh, tape. Okay, well, this came to me on Sunday uh, during praise and worship. And uh, I've been getting a lot of words from the Lord lately, and this is one of them, and it's very powerful. And it goes like this. Watch and see the mighty hand of God. You will see it very soon. I will protect my people and my city, Jerusalem. Watch and see, the world earth shall see my hand. And and I hope you're all praying for Israel. They not only need God's hand, but they need our prayers. Amen? Thank you. Who here is praying for Israel? It's the thing in Psalm 122 that we're asked to do. Just hold on to that. Somebody else might need it. I second the prayer for America to pray for Israel. We have to. We're an idea. 
This nation is an idea, a wonderful idea, brought together by people like William Penn, who came here with a vision. He's why I come from Pennsylvania, like you. <laughs> Pennsylvania means Penn's Woods. I know a certain Pennsylvanian was here the other day giving out all the lessons about her flag developing. Well, William Penn also has a home at Penn's Manor in Pennsylvania up the Delaware River. It's a wonderful place to visit, learn about the culture of the 1700s. He was governor of Pennsylvania in 1744. He invited all those that were being persecuted all over Europe to come to the great experience of the vision of the kingdom of God here on earth. He invited, but uh, there were a couple that are not following after the Lord that also came. I wish I could remember the group that my son, he started a Christian thing at his high school and these this other group, I can't, what, they used to put things on his locker against the Lord, and I wish I could think of their name. Do you remember? Uh, sorry about that. We are the people of God. Amen. We are part of his kingdom. Now, I'm assuming something that may not be true, because I'm not the only one in this room that might be, what are we called when we're 75? We're not octogenarians yet, right? Okay, so I'm just short of that. <laughs> so when I was in grade school from first grade through ninth grade, we had Bible. We pledged the flag. We read scriptures. And all of a sudden, when I went to 10th grade, you couldn't do that anymore. Somebody named Madeline Mary O'Hare took over something, and the government and the church the church, the church coalesced to it because the government said you can't do it anymore. So then we have moments of silence. Then they started going after the pledge. Well, then that didn't work. So we stood up against that, and the pledge is still spoken, I believe, in the classroom. But we, the people of God, have to come together unto him. Amen. Unto him. We need to come together in these meetings and worship him. Amen. We just need to allow his spirit within us to be foremost more than our thinking because our thinking's in our brain. And our brain, I think, is part of our body. So we are tripartite beings. We are body, soul, and spirit. But this one's all trapped in within there, and it was reawakened when you said yes to somebody that witnessed to you, or like a friend of mine that I witnessed to when she was in junior high, became a minister because she was walking in the woods and said yes to God and became a minister. I don't know if she preaches Jesus all the time, but she went into the ministry because of what I told her in junior high. I've been told when in the United Church of Christ, I was the youth leader, as you mentioned, in Sunday school, and I would take my kids and invite them to go to Youth for Christ meetings. And they were county meetings, and the minister's daughter, one of the two ministers, the assistant associate minister, did not allow me to do that in my Sunday school class. Now, just get back up a little. When I came to the first time ever in this Sunday school setting of junior high and senior high together, can imagine that, they were listening to the most popular radio station in our county during Sunday school time and playing ping pong. And the two leaders at the time came up to me and said, would you like to be involved? And I said, no. And they said, well, why not? He said, well, we're not gonna do this if I'm the Sunday school teacher. I was asked to be the Sunday school teacher first had to work my way up. They had meetings with me because I was teaching about Jesus. And there was a guy assigned to my class to help me out with the junior senior thing and two of my teachers. And we were discussing this, the three or four of, no, there was four or five of them. And there was people from the council, there was this man and then this, this pre-ministerial uh, pre student. And we're talking and uh, pre-ministerial student says to him, well, he knows more about the Bible than I do. 
And I thought, oh, this is interesting. I'm getting put in these meetings to stop talking about Christ and coming to Christ and making Christ your personal savior. So I left and went to another church eventually. And I was sad because the main pastor was a friend of my parents and it just didn't work out. And from there, I ended up during my student teaching time at a United Methodist Church in Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania. And lo and behold, Leighton Ford came to town and trained us, if, since we volunteered, to be those people that go forward with you when you come to the altar call at the end of a Billy Graham Association. And they had a meeting with Tom Skinner, who was a black evangelist out of uh, Brooklyn, I believe. And uh, I left my house, said goodbye to my mom and my little brother. And I got in my car and I got down to the end of the street and I hear these words, go get your brother. So I thought, oh, this is gonna be interesting. I'm gonna have to ask my mother to give me permission to take him with me. And I made no arrangements for him to sleep anywhere for the weekend. <laughs> so I did, she let him go. And on the second, after hearing Tom Skinner, after whoever the speaker was on Saturday, on Sunday, he went forward. And I asked him later, why did you go forward? Well, every time you would come home on a Thursday from being the lifeguard down there in Cape May and New Jersey and I would listen to what you would say to mom. You guys have power in a certain name. That name is? Jesus. What? Jesus. Who? Jesus. You may use that name whenever you like. As long as it's his will, there will be positive resort, results. Don't misuse that name. Don't use it in vain. Don't use it as a curse word. Use it for the purposes that he's made you. Now, do you know why you were made? Okay, anyone else? I hear glorify God. I don't need this. <laughs> Worship him. Anybody here? It's oneness. <clears throat> to be his hands and feet and mouth. Last night, I was listening to a worship set there every two hours. There's a worship set either for intercession or the word of God. And I want to bring up this first. Okay. Sorry, I never used this before. <laughs> they do two hours of worship with the word and two hours of worship with the intercession at ihopkc.org. If you're interested, go on that website, take your time with it. Two hours is a long time. A lot of times when they get into one of their beautiful, deep worship songs that they've created, some of these songs aren't out there. They come from the heart. I know personally that some of the worship leaders set themselves aside for a period of months to just be alone. They have a private property on campus at IHOP, and they stay until they hear from God. And the worship that comes out of some of these young people is amazing. Now, I am a product of two things. I had a friend from the United Church of Christ who went off to college at Duke University. And she came home one day, and I came home one day to get my car tires fixed. Called her up, see how she was doing. She invited me over to the kitchen, and she started witnessing to me the four spiritual laws. Have you ever heard of the four spiritual laws? Okay, I don't need to go through all the four spiritual laws. But Revelation 3.20, came alive to me in her kitchen in a big, bright vision that I couldn't see her 
And I kept saying to her, do you see this? Do you see this? And what happened was I was going to be divorced within four days. We were having a child that was going to be given birth. This is not my wife that I'm talking about. This is my second wife. <laughs> the baby was to be born sight unseen by either me or my wife. The parents had already been picked out. The adoptive parents had already been picked out. So I was there sharing a little bit about this when she was sharing me these four spiritual laws. And I'm telling her in this vision, my eyes are closed, and I see a doorway in this pitch dark around me. Everything's dark except for this outline of a door. And there's light streaming through the other side of that door. And I, this is what she's witnessing to me. I start seeing this vision. And then I said, I see a door. And I see, but it won't open. Uh, somebody's knocking. And I, and I said, I don't know what's wrong. Because I had just told her, I said, well, I'm going to not decide this until the divorce is over. You know, can't you come to Christ right now? In other words, she's trying to get me to make a decision. And then I see this door. And she says, will you have the latch on? He's a gentleman. He's out there waiting for you to open the door from the inside. So I had to take the lock off, my preventing him from coming in, and open that door. That instantly, this whole room was filled with light that I've never seen in my life before. Just light. That's all I could see, light. I couldn't make anything out or any figures, just light. And that was the day on December 20th, same date as she's born, that I came to the Lord in 1969. Amen. Didn't help at all trying to witness to my wife when I got home, but I did convince, her, I mean at the hospital, she was born, the little girl was born on December 24th, day before Christmas, and the next day we had the biggest snowstorm in Bloomsburg in, in uh, Columbia County, about 16 inches of snow. And I walked from my house, we lived downtown, about eight blocks to the hospital, and I was the only man of the, all the eight women that were there having babies at the time that showed up. And so I took the time to go to the baby room. Now remember, I'm not allowed to know who she is. I picked her out right away. We stayed together four months before she just walked out of our lives and left me with the child and et cetera, et cetera. So I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit until I was doing my student teaching after college in Huntington Valley, PA, at a United Methodist Church. And lo and behold, the lay witness movement came to that church. And it was a group of people from Virginia, and they all spoke in the Holy Spirit. I'd never heard of this tongues thing. And they had me up in the altar laying hands on me and told me that I should be praying in tongues. And I don't know what the heck that is. And if you don't, it's okay. Just keep trying. So that was like in April. So in June, I'm driving home on my last day of substitute teaching before the summer vacation. I start speaking in other, other language going home in the car. Interestingly, by the hospital that I end up working in as a chaplain. So, funny things happen. I don't know why I'm sharing all that, because that has nothing to do with my message. <laughs> I just want to make a couple statements. I'd like us to really get quiet in our souls that we can reach into our innermost being and just take the time. And those at home listening in or watching this streaming, please take the time because God has a message for you, only for you. And the reason he has this message is that he wants to tell you how much he loves you. Now, this comes out of a deep understanding of this verse, these verses in Ephesians. Verse 
Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, you know who that is? Look around. They're here. You're the saints. Do not cease to, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer. That the Lord God, uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, I believe the Holy Spirit, we're going to get real quiet again, but that's where this is coming from. Do we really know our Heavenly Father? Do we really know how much he loves you? I've met many people because as a chaplain, I was called to every trauma on my shift. I was the only chaplain in the hospital, so I had to go to every trauma. That was night shift. You'd think there was a war zone out there some nights. But we have to understand who he is. I've been at the bedside of many cancer patients. The one that was most delightful was a 93-year-old woman that invited me in, and she was ready to go home. <laughs> she, was, she couldn't wait to get to heaven. <laughs> she was giving me hope. And that's, that's the thing I want us to understand tonight. My perceptiveness, my perception of God's love for me is not what I'm finding out, is God's perception of his own love for me. He loves me deeper than I can fathom. How deep? How many of you know the name Corey Tenboom? So you know about the hiding place? Her sister died in the internment camp. And her sister had a word to her about all this. And she said, you know, Corey, God is deeper still. She gave Corey the message to take to the world. My wife and I are privileged to have met that woman. What a dear saint. Humble. Humility is the place where we need to meet with God. One of these four circles is somewhat that place because the four spiritual laws teaches you to have Christ on the throne and you got to get off. So this is the one I probably was on or this one and with a capital letter this one because I served in the church. I grew up in the church. I was president of youth fellowship. I was in the choir, did everything right. <laughs> I was a bad little boy. So Jesus comes along and I thought he was way out here and now I invite him into my heart and I disappear. That's the little E. That's ego. That's self. So one of those four could be you right now and you don't know it. You know, the father loved the prodigal son so much. Every night he was out waiting for him. Is he waiting for you? Wherever you are watching this or here, we're going to just take the time right now, and I want you within yourself to tell God how much you love him. Father says this, you, John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit 
and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. Do you recognize you didn't choose God? He came looking for you. I wonder where he found you. Now these meetings should be encouraging meetings where we come out from the world, midweek service, and we come in here and we fresh ourselves by worshiping him. We come here for the sole purpose to worship him, to set aside time. It doesn't really have to be communally. You can do this separately. You can have your own tabernacle with God. This is my prayer. Give me an undivided heart, and I will have no other gods before you. Make that your prayer. I want to sing a few songs from the scriptures. How many of you may have heard of an organization called Scripture in Song back in the early 70s? They came from New Zealand. Well, they came to our church in tiny Lebanon, Pennsylvania. And I remember these, and they're in the, some of them are in the Psalms and some are not. If you know them, please sing with me. I didn't want to chase you back up there. <laughs> I didn't want to chase you back up there. I got to get it first. If you want to write these down, you might want to sing them yourself. Every time I uh, read through the Bible in a given year, I always come across some of these, and all of a sudden within me, this part wants to sing the scripture. It's like been implanted in me to do that. We're going to do Psalm 48 and 47. Great is the Lord. Great is, wait, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth, his Mount Zion on the far of the north, the city of the great king. Oh, clap your hands, oh, you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Once again, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth, his Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Everybody, let's try it. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God and the mountain Beautiful for situation, thank you. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Everybody together, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Once again, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Now, now within that is something similar that if we were
back in the desert wandering in the wilderness, we would go to the tent of meeting. So right now, we're in the tent of meeting, so figuratively speaking. And th to get there, you were going to go through from the outer court, the world, and you were going to go through the inner court to get into the holy place where all the uh, utensils were. I'll just use it that way. I'm not teaching on this right now because I don't have it all together. But some of the things that are in here is the, the laver where you would wash, representing washing your sins. The word washes your sins away every day because of what Christ did. As the propitiation of our sin, he annihilated it. In here is the showbread, uh, the candlestick with the seven candles. And this is the altar of incense, which would be right here in the center. And every day you make sacrifice. You make a sacrifice when you stop what you're doing and kneel in your prayer closet and take the time to be with him. Who's him? Jesus. Yes, because the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus not just to be the comforter, but to comfort you in understanding the word. He is going to direct your path so that you may be with him every day. When I wake up now because of one, one wonderful young lady who sings at IHOP, she prays like this, today, Father, kiss me, making it personal, kiss me intimately with the kisses of your word for me. We need to be personal with Jesus every day. But what Father's showing me that I have to share with you is you need to find a place to be alone with him. We're not alone right now. We are to come together communally and worship. Like some, somebody like this gentleman here, Ed brought a word. You heard the word. He spoke it out. Now we've heard it. That's what we're, we should be gathering for. One of you will bring a scripture, one of you will bring a psalm, one of you will have a testimony. Amen. And that's what maybe Wednesday nights could be like. <laughs> and then we sing the scriptures. Well, with this Ephesian scripture, if I guess it's not up there, unless she knows how to switch it. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling for you and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Do you realize you're God's inheritance? When my... Uh, Father Mr. Smither, who I'm named after because I'm adopted, when he died, I received an inheritance. All three of us, the three children, received a portion of his wealth. When my birth father died, I received his inheritance from him, from his father, and passed down. We are God's inheritance. Is that... Do you get that? Amen. You are a blessing to God. Thank you. I'm going to sing a song that I didn't talk to you about. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Soul rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Everybody together. Oh, 
express it to him. you bless you father hallelujah we are his inheritance oh she has it that jenny she's amazing i didn't go over this with her and she put the words up there she wants to be an encyclopedia i want you to be encouraged with what's going on out there you have to deal with because that's where you're going but when you come in here we need to be present with him. We want his presence. Holy Spirit, I invite you to be a participant in this meeting tonight. I invite you to be a participant in each of the hearts that are gathered here tonight. Bless this group. Bless this church. Bless your body, Lord. Bring life and vitality into it. And, of course, bring victory in Jesus' name. We have a long way to go with him. Can you imagine being a disciple of his? How many of you have, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say it anyway. How many of you watched The Chosen? How many have seen any of The Chosen? I, I, I think it's an interesting uh, way in which we can really see culturally what's going on at that time period. How many saw the night that Nicodemus met Jesus on the roof. Were you touched in here? Something happened watching that for the second time the other night. They rerun it on one of the channels every week, The Chosen's on. It's CW, I think. No, Channel 5 down here. It's a religious, uh, I can't forget. Oh, it's on, not on cable. It is on cable, yes. To see the wonder in that actor, to be able to get to the point of his religion wasn't enough. And he saw that this was the Messiah. He followed Jesus. You know, he's mentioned more than once in the Bible, Nicodemus. It's worth, it's worth to look at one of those shows. I think it's season one. Episode 3 with the Nicodemus and the meeting on the rooftop with Jesus. Some of the stuff some people don't buy. The church isn't really behind it all, but people are, billions of people are watching The Chosen around the world now. It's big in India, it's big in other countries, but I don't know, when the church doesn't seem to like somebody characterizing Jesus the way it's not written in King James, I, I, I have, judge for yourself. Let Jesus in your heart, knowing that you are one of the king's kids. You need to understand you're his inheritance. So it matters what you do for him. You love him, don't you? Guess what? Did you ever say to him, I love you, Lord, and he says, I love you more? I told him I love him more. And then what does he say? One time I went through a series of events. This is really cute. Okay, so I went through a series of events and with my family and had to take care of one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I was in the kitchen cleaning the counter one day. And I stopped and I said, God, I said, why? I said, why did I have to go through all this? And he said, do you love me? And I broke down, just bawling my eyes out. And I said, God, I love you more now than I ever have. Because even though I was helping everyone and going through all of that, 
I didn't let it consume me. I kept my eyes and my focus on him. And when I woke up every day before my feet hit the floor, I said, God, use me today. Let me make a difference in somebody's life. Don't let me focus on what's happening around me, but use me to touch someone else. And it was the closest that I have, I've ever been with God. Thank you for sharing. There was a reason for you in the first row. <laughs> How many love Jesus? Now here's, here comes the big test. Turn to the person on your right. I know that when you're the end of the row, there's nobody there. <laughs> and just say to them, I love you because Jesus loves you. And then the person on your left, I love you because Jesus, Jesus loves you. Do you know that that song Jesus loves me, this I know, is the number, the most sung song throughout the world because of missionaries. And they meet with children. And then that gets put, when they get older, they sing it. And I'm going to sing a song, not that one. <laughs> I'm gonna sing a song my wife uh, really touched my heart when we would have to wake up in the middle of the night because of a crying child and she would get him on the rocking chair. And of course I had to learn this song to do the same thing so she didn't always get up. And we took our little baby in our arms and we would sing this. Deep in my heart there's a song for Jesus deep in my heart. There's a song for him deep in my heart. There's a song for Jesus. Jesus, deep in my heart, there's a song for him. Sing alleluia, sing alleluia, sing a song for him. I think they usually fell asleep, didn't they? <laughs> so I learned that from my wife. Why were we created? My answer tonight is because God is hoping you will worship him. God is hoping you will personally tell him that you love him. And if you read John's letters, John 1 and 2, you will find out the way that that happens is that you have love one for another. The night Jesus was betrayed, Judas left the table. Everybody thought, oh, he's going to make arrangements. He's the purse carrier. He's gone. There's 11 back here with Jesus. And he says this to them as the rabbinical teacher he was, the rabbi, a new commandment I give to you. Now, you got to think about that in the Jewish mindset. Who the heck is this? And we're going to have commandment number 11 and a commandment number 12 now? And what did he say? Love one another as I have loved you, so that the world, the world may know that I, my Father has sent me to this place, the earth, that my, I have been sent here, love one another. So the person in the church pew 
we need to love one another so that the world out there may know that the world will hear things about this church and come here, not just for food on Tuesdays. <laughs> or just come here and hang out in the lobby. They come in here to the depth of the Spirit of God and allow the Spirit of God to embrace them and fill this room with his glory. Would that be a goal you'd like to see? Yeah. Now I'm going to say two things. You can judge these for yourself. He or she who loves much has been forgiven much. Now, I realize I've been forgiven much. My mom won the battle between her and my birth father over who I'm going to be called for the rest of my life. Now, my dad, Kay Schober, was a child dancer like Shirley Temple, but he wasn't as famous as her because he stayed in the given area. How many have heard of Jimmy Dorsey? Okay, when Jimmy Dorsey would come to town, my dad would be one of the acts before Jimmy started, and he'd go out on stage with this little girl, and I've seen pictures of all this, and they had this whole routine out there, and then they'd leave, and then Jimmy Dorsey started. So he's a child actor. He loved Shirley Temple because he wanted to be famous and all that. Well, his fame led to being a daddy when he grew up, and I became one on the scene. I, was, I attended my parents' wedding. And it took a while for me to find that out, <laughs> figure out the dates and all that. So he, because of his dancing and his mother wanting him to be a professional dancer like that, appeared on TV in Philadelphia at one time. I don't know when that would be because you're too young. <laughs> and if I was going to be a girl, my name was going to be Flame Schober. But because I was a boy, now, this is where guys really get on my case when they learn this, so I can't wait till Saturday. <laughs> Torchy Schober. That was going to be my name, Torchy. My, my mom and her mom and dad must not have had anything to do with that because she told me I was named David after King David in the Bible. But I never heard about Jesus growing up with my family. I have witnessed to my mom uh, the funny one was when we were sitting at the kitchen table, I told you about my brother coming to the Lord because he heard me talking to my mother all the time. We're sitting at the table, and I witnessed to her the four spiritual laws, and I come to the question, I think they ought to get rid of this question, why wouldn't you receive Jesus right now? What is preventing you from receiving Christ right now? She looked up at the watt clock, and like a flash, she's, I'm late for my hair appointment. And out she ran around the corner and went to the beauty shop. And that was, I never found anything out about her and Christ. So, he who loves much has been forgiven much. The next one is where we have to occupy when we're in here, whether it's Sunday, Wednesday night, or you're in here alone. I can tell you, this is a really neat place to be alone. Amen. Now, last week when I was alone in here, that was red. So I don't know what goes on with those colors up there, but this week it was blue. Humility, and I recommend Andrew Murray as an author for you to read his book on humility. or with God in the house of prayer, I think it's called. Humility comes out of a deep sense of being loved. So when we opened up tonight, I kind of asked you to tell him you love him. So my time is short, my time is up, and there's an ax lady in the, oh, I can't see her now. They told me they were gonna go like this if I went over time, so. So I just wanna, read this prayer to you.
and give you a blessing? Let us pray. Give me, Father, because I always need you. I always need you. There isn't a time that I don't need you. Give me an undivided heart, and I will have no other gods before you. You are my hope in times of trouble. You lift me up when I fall down. You are with me through the storm. Your love is the anchor, and my hope is in you. I don't love you like I want to, Jesus. Give me an undivided heart. I don't see you like I need to. Give me the salve upon my eyes so that I would love you. Love you like I'm made to. I'm created to love you. I don't hear you like I want to, Jesus. Give me the ears so I will listen so when you speak, I will hear your voice. When you speak, I will come dine with you. I will dine with you at your table in your presence. Show me who you are. Show us who you are. We have gathered here together in your name, and we will open up our hearts like we've never done before so that we may receive your love and that I may say, I love you because I was made. You were in my mother's womb and fashioned and formed me after your image. I'm created to love. Father, as we're dismissed to go out back into the world, be with us, guard us and guide us, and kiss us with your word as we lie on our beds tonight. Give us peace, give us strength, give us healing, and may tomorrow we say to you, good morning, kiss me today with the kisses of your word. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you.